Hi, friend. You are listening to the Finding Something Real podcast, a podcast created especially for someone who's not sure about relationship with Jesus Christ. My name is Janelle Wood, and while I have a background in counseling and ministry with women, the truth is I've been through my own seasons of questioning my faith. So if you've ever struggled with not being sure where you belong, or you felt like you were faking faith, or maybe a friend just shared this episode with you and you are feeling a little wounded or skeptical of all things God-related right now, welcome. This podcast is just for you. Finding Something Real is about a journey towards restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love. My passion is Jesus Christ, and for me now, After having been through some real ups and downs on my own faith journey, I believe Christ is the hope and the answer to this world more than ever. But don't take my word for it. Listen to my friends as they share their own grace-filled journeys with you. My prayer is that if you haven't already, you'll find something real too. Welcome back to the Finding Something Real podcast, friend. This is your host, Janelle Wood. And you are listening to the second episode of season five, the season of grace here today. And friend, I just have to tell you that it's ironic that last week I was talking about how this should be called the season of grace because I am recording this um, the night before I planned to air it, which has not happened for a very long time. And part of me just wanted to not record tonight. It's been a crazy few days. And, um, you know, just the other day, someone that I care about uh, came across my podcast. And I thought, well, even if that one person uh, were to listen to this episode tonight, (laughs) it would be worth it. It would be worth staying up late and recording this. So I hope that you receive some value from what I'm about to share. I am not going to spend a bunch of time editing this. So I hope that it um, is encouraging to you and um, that you get something good out of it. But starting next month, as you may already know, we are scheduled to have season five's content curated by young women with real stories and faith questions. Our hope every month is to introduce a young woman who shares with me about her stories and honest questions regarding Jesus Christ and Christianity. And much like season four, we'll also have guests on here to address the questions and objections that those young women share about Jesus and faith in general. And listen, you guys, I'm super excited about that. I've recorded... What word was I about to just say? I have no idea. I've recorded all but one of the monthly intro episodes, and I'm so excited um, and looking forward to you hearing from the amazing young women that I've connected with through this process. I know for me, this format promotes um, just a sense of empathy and understanding of other people's journeys. And honestly, it also evokes in me as a Christian, a real feeling of wonder as I consider the goodness of God. As one of my friends once shared on this podcast, the true gospel is life-changing and miraculous, not just for you know a middle-aged woman living in a Western country, 
but for absolutely everyone across this planet. In fact, not too long ago, I read something that the pastor and author Tim Keller shared about all the major world religions. It was a graph that showed the geographic distribution of religious groups, and Christianity was the one most evenly dispersed around the globe, saying that roughly equal numbers of Christians live in Europe, Latin America, the Caribbean, and sub-Saharan Africa. And I didn't see much more than just that one little graph, but it's pretty remarkable when you compare it to the other major world religions that are much more geographically centralized to the country of their origin. So what is it about Jesus that transcends cultural barriers? What is it about what relationship with him means, restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love, that accounts for the worldwide spread of a faith started by what I would say are pretty undisputed historical facts here, one dead man and 12 devoted followers who said he was alive coming out of a remote area of the world, most of whom were martyred for their faith. What is it about Jesus that's so compelling? There's a lot that I could say about him, not just restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love, although those words fit the acronym as I shared last week. But my family and I just started diving into Jay Warner Wallace's new book, Person of Interest, um, which is a great book, by the way. And it lays out some remarkable facts outside of the Bible about how special Jesus Christ really is, although I don't think you could ever get to the end of that. But I love the real acronym. Um, So I'm going to stick with that today. And last week I told you I wanted to start season five with a bit of an introduction. And I shared some thoughts about scriptures regarding eternity. But today I wanted to talk about restoration and redemption as well, because at the beginning of this podcast into, I think even last year, I was using restoration and redemption interchangeably. Um, So why do I keep talking about these things when it comes to Jesus? So I wanted to first just look real quick at some dictionary definitions, because to be honest, um, sometimes I can't differentiate um, what these two words mean, and it's hard for me to kind of grasp certain concepts. So I love looking at the dictionary definitions. Um, To redeem means to buy back, ransom, recover by purchase. To redeem means to buy back, ransom, recover by purchase. Also in a theological sense, to deliver from sin and spiritual death. The definition of redemption is the action of regaining or gaining possession of something in exchange for payment or clearing a debt. In other words, when Jesus Christ paid for our sins with his blood on the cross, his sacrifice, in our stead, he that was redemption, right? Um, and here's a definition for restoration. A means of healing or restoring health, a cure, renewing of something lost. To restore means to give back someone or something that was lost or taken. Restoration in the Bible 
Uh, I'm getting this from uh, this line from BibleStudiesTool.com. Restoration in the Bible is synonymous with healing, repairing, returning to a previous state of being. And it doesn't say this in BibleStudyTools.com, at least not that I can see, but restoring the way it should be, right? To restore, um, I found this on Google, to restore literally means to bring back, return, and recover. I could provide some commentary on that, which would be just late night ramblings at this point, or we could just look to scripture, which does a better job of explaining redemption and restoration here. So um, just like last week, I wanted to share some scripture with you because you see the message of the gospel says that you and I, whoever's listening to this, we are lost without Jesus. In fact, the Bible says the wages of sin is death. And we are all sinners in our sinful nature. It's not good. It's destruction, right? Not great news. But the Bible also says that the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And we talked about a little bit of that eternity piece last week. So we are lost But good news, Jesus came for you and me. He came for the lost because he loves us. And you don't have to believe me because the Bible says this um, is true. Uh, Luke 19.10 in the gospel, it says, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost, the Son of Man being Jesus. He came for you and for me. Um, I wanted to read this story out of uh, the same Gospel of Luke, um, Luke chapter 15. So if you're not familiar with the Bible, um, there's four Gospels, Gospel books um, that talk about um, Jesus's ministry. And um, and I, I really enjoy Luke. I like John as well. I mean, they're all good. Um, <laughs> but this is a parable. So it was something that Jesus himself shared. Um, it's a story he shared and it's not necessarily a true story. It's more like, um, I guess like, I I don't know if I would say a fable or a fairy tale, but it's something that represents a truth, right? It's a, a way of demonstrating a truth. It could be true. I don't know, but, um, it's called a parable for a reason. And Jesus is telling this story to illustrate a point. So it says here, Jesus continued. This is Luke. If you ever want to look it up, Luke chapter 15, verse 11, Jesus continued. There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had set off for a distant country and there squandered his wealth and wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country, who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, 
Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For the son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders, yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, who has squandered your property with prostitutes, comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. Restoration is about retrieving what was lost. Right? Redemption is that retrieval. But the restoration is a found, right? It's a, I found you and now I'm going to restore you. It's when the father ran out. I mean, I've heard many pastors talk about this passage in scripture. And, you know, in that custom, that culture, ancient Jewish culture, for a father to run out, a wealthy father to run towards his son like that, a son who had been, you know, doing who knows what with money that he didn't earn. The father just was glad to have his son back and restore him. You know, if you are not a believer and you're listening to this, all that we have to do is come. In fact, uh, one of the verses I put on here, I think, yeah, I did, is Matthew put on here, meaning my notes, because there was no way I was going to record this without some notes tonight. But Matthew eleven twenty eight, Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And I couldn't find it. I don't think rest and restoration necessarily have the same like etymology, as that was called, like the root word. Um, I'm not sure that it's the same, but maybe it should be. (laughs) Um, Because when Jesus restores us, it's usually when we come to the end of ourselves and we decide, I'm just going to rest in you, right? And I don't know if you've experienced that, that place of just surrender of going, okay, God, 
I need you. I can't do this on my own. I can't restore myself. I can't redeem myself. I can't pay the price. I, I, I can't, I can never do it on my own. You know, First Peter 5.10 says, And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. It's enough just that he's with us. The restoration comes from being in his presence and being with him. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. That's what Jesus said. That's a promise from Jesus. I'll read First Peter 5.10 again because I think I stumbled over the words there. But, And the great, I'm sorry, one more time. And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. 2 Corinthians 5.17, I love this verse, but it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. Psalm 51.12 says, Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Psalm 103, 1 through 5 says, Praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle's. When we come to Jesus, the old is gone, the new has come. He restores us. He redeems us. He takes what was lost. And he finds us and gives us something better. Life with him is better. It doesn't mean it's easier. It's not going to be easy for many people for many of us, it's going to be harder in some ways, but it's better. And I think when you really know what Jesus has offered, how can you not just be like, wow, God, you're amazing. You're amazing. And because he redeems us and restores us, our life here on earth has tremendous value tremendous purpose to know God, to love him. We'll talk about love maybe next week. And he gives us something new and beautiful. And the old is gone, the new has come. So those are my thoughts about restoration. I could say a lot more and probably should. But for right now, this is what's going up tonight. (laughs) And to that special person who might be listening to this. I don't know if you ever would listen to this, but I just want to say, this is why I talk about grace so much. And what I mean by that is that grace is unmerited favor. It's getting what we don't deserve. Mercy means not getting what we deserve, right? Restoration and redemption 
is this free gift of, I've got you. And going back to that parable that I shared about the father who rushed out to his lost son, right? Like the father didn't have to do that. The son had left. He had taken off, done his own thing, squandered the money that didn't really belong to him. And then recognized that it was better with his father. And there's this great song that kind of reminds me of this. It's called Reckless Love by, I think, Corey Ashbery, where it says, you didn't earn it. I don't, or I'm sorry, I didn't earn it. I don't deserve it. And still you give your love away. And then it talks about the reckless, overwhelming love of God that leaves the 99 for the one who came to seek and save what was lost and not just leave us in our lost state, but restore us to this beautiful place of belonging, of grace, of love and mercy, and really unfair kindness towards us. How could we not want to share that with others, you know? So until next time, friend. Thank you for listening to the Finding Something Real podcast, friend. This season, we are inviting young women to join me as they share their personal stories and ask honest questions or share objections to the Christian faith. We hope to feature a different story each month and then invite Christian guests on to share from their own journeys and experiences and maybe answer some of those questions in follow-up episodes. Friend, the Bible says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I believe with all my heart that Jesus Christ is still in the restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love business. I know not everyone has experienced that, but if you're curious at all at whether there's something real to be found in Jesus, I invite you to come back next week as we continue on a journey towards finding something real in relationship with Him. Until next time.